Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Friday, September 28th. I'm so glad it's Friday. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. I'm Japheth de Oliveira. Let me uh, pray for today um, and uh, for Sabbath tomorrow as well. Uh, Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for this week. Thank you for all that we've gone through. Uh, thank you for all the conversations we've had, all the uh, moments we've had to dialogue about life and faith. And we ask God today as we reflect on this passage again, um, one more time as we read through it, uh, the, the insights and the complexity of it, uh, may we see the sovereignty of who you are and the, the joy that you present before us and the freedom that you present as well, uh, all meshed together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Last time in the English Standard Version this week, Romans chapter 9, subtitled God's Sovereign Choice. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God all over, over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but... Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, She was told, The older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath, and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. As indeed he says in Hosea, Those who are not my people I will call my people, and her who was not beloved I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God." And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Through the number of the sons of Israel be as though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. 
for the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaac predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were based on works, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So yesterday we were talking about Esau and uh, and Jacob, um, and I did some research on that, um, and I just wanted to kind of address that a little bit uh, to help some of our people. And I thought it was actually a really good question. I, I didn't know what where where we could go with it, but here's the here's some of the insights into Esau and Jacob, and that kind of addresses this whole predestination idea and why the context is really important to the story and how it actually helps unfold it all, and why this is not actually about predestination and why this is not actually about uh, an individual, but actually about Israel, which is what I was saying earlier in the week about verse 6, verse 14, and verse 19, and how those three opening sentences of those verses there kind of allude to and push to that this story is about the word of God, is he faithful to Israel? So Esau represents a different line than, uh, than Jacob does, and that's why he talks about Isaac, uh, that's why he talks about Esau, why he talks about Abraham, why he's talking about who God has chosen because he's choosing a people who are going to, a priestly people who are going to uh, represent him. So he's actually talking more, in fact, uh, about saying, hey, Esau, the descendants of Esau are the Edomites, and the Edomites are not the ones that the Moabites are the Edomites. They're not the ones who are going to be, it's actually the Israelites who are the inheritance and, and the people who are going to represent me. And so it's about uh, the responsibility of these people and not that... Esau was rejected and he's not saved and he was disliked and the love-hate language is not uh, that God hates his people or he loves his people. It's actually the comparison between those two just saying uh, these were chosen for this purpose here uh, to represent and then their entitlement is where it gets all wrong but they all have a choice inside there. Hmm. But, That's very interesting. All right, uh, here's our question for today. Um, has it ever been hard for you to give to someone you thought that didn't deserve it? Hmm. Hmm. Has it? Yes and no. Depends how hard it is to uh, forgive them if they didn't deserve it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like material things? Eh, nah. nah. I no. don't think about don't whether or not people either. deserve things at all. Um, sometimes it would be hard for me to give respect or affection to someone who I think doesn't deserve it. Yeah. That would be very difficult. Yeah. I was even having this exact conversation with someone at the university last week about, because um, we were doing this entire section, we're reading a book called Respect, uh-huh. and it's about the different levels of respect and how you give that to people when you're researching them. It's kind of a component of research is having respect for populations that you're looking at and allowing them to have their voices uh-huh. and you know not kind of superimposing your values on them and everything. So we got into, is it possible to give respect to someone when you don't like them? We were just kind of yeah, that would be philosophically difficult. That would be asking difficult if the, about people, that. If can you respect like is, an is office, opposite. for instance? Yeah. But can you respect something that you really you don't like it? You have a problem with it. Yeah. You disagree with it. How do you how do you separate respect from 
kind of affection or, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. I think that's a little bit difficult yeah. for me to do. I'm, you know, I know some people are really good at compartmentalizing. They'll say, oh, I respect the office of something, not necessarily the person. Mm. But I think for me, the person and the office are always intertwined, you know, what they do, what they say, mm. whether I feel that they're respecting me in return, mm. all those, and respecting other people. So I don't know. I know that we're supposed to be respectful, um, and that there are a lot of things that we're supposed to give to I, one another. But I kind of looked yeah, at it. Know. I kind of looked at it as, as just the you know the communities that we live in and the interactions we have uh, every single day that go on, and um, and how we actually handle that, and whether we can with those who we don't get along, can we give them respect, and uh, or can we can we help them? And um, and I I think that for me I don't want to live in a world or in a, in a day where where I, I just have that um, kind of resentment or animosity that... Oh, yeah, of always thinking about what everybody else deserves. That's yeah, a little exhausting because there's no way to know. It's actually draining and it destroys me, mm. right? So I'd rather just, like, forgive, move on and... And do that. I think there's. Uh, I think that's actually better. So I don't. No, I don't. I don't really struggle with this particular area. Well, it's here, interesting but, for but me I when I used to teach um, undergraduates back at Andrews. Mm. I used to ask them. We would do a, a writing class that was all themed around the idea of work. And so one thing I would ask them was, "What does a person have a right to expect?" Oh yeah, you know, kind yeah. of out of society. And I was always surprised at how many of them would say nothing. A person has a right to expect nothing because I think they were still young enough to think very much in this way of um, people deserving things and earning things and, you know, that you go out into the world and whatever you earn is what you have a right to. And if you don't, you know, you're a freeloader and that. And to me, I, I just think that all these issues are a lot more complicated in terms of who has access to resources. And, you know, I think that regardless of how, um, I don't know, good you are that there mm. everybody deserves to have clean water for instance i think there are things that a human being has a right to have i think that but yeah. um we disagreed on that point so i i think i don't know to me deservingness is not a relevant factor for a lot of things yeah i think that uh civilization as a whole if you look at when we look at history uh we reject people as a whole like entire races entire groups very easily Oh, um, when we decide that they're mm -hmm. not deserving or not, not deserving. worth. And I think that's actually really... Well, and it's especially easy for us to decide that tragic. when there's some benefit that we can have over denying yeah. them something. Yeah. So I think that that's actually, that's really prevalent. Uh, and people do 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 that a lot. And I think that's actually a, a difficulty that we have to, to wrestle through as, as a people all the time. So Well, I always think anything that I think I deserve, everybody deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That would... I mean, that's the only way to look at it, really. Well, I think that the Paul, Paul in this in this particular text, and then you know, Pastor Jessica is going to preach on this tomorrow uh, at Boulder Church, and uh, and so and it's a, it's a great passage, uh, challenging, challenging passage here. But uh, the essence of this is that you know, um, have we have we really rejected all that God has called us to be? Um, is the thing that we have to process, and uh, and so. When we reject other people, um, are we rejecting what God has actually called us to? So think about this question. Has it ever been hard for you to give to someone you thought didn't deserve it? Uh, look after each other, live love, and we will connect uh, tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. 
If you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.